0: Good morning, everyone. I appreciate the privilege of being here to get to share the word with you. I I look forward to new places and new faces, and many of you are familiar to me, but I haven't been on this stage, and I was talking to my wife this morning. It's been the day we got married was the last time I was standing here over 19 years ago, so it's been a while. I've gotten a little older, lost a little hair and put on a little weight, but thankfully you guys haven't changed that much. I, I was just talking to Gina. I was asking her why she never looks older. I, I don't understand that. She looks exactly the same way. Living with Kevin must be really easy. But but Kevin looks older, so I'm not sure what direction that's going to. So, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> but no, it's it really is a privilege here to be here. I don't take this lightly. Um, this is such a blessing to me and and God, just opening doors, if I have time, I'll share with you a little bit about my testimony. If I don't get too long-winded, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. It goes along with our story today, but I have my wife here with us also this morning. Um, like I say, we were married right here on this very stage of 19-something years ago, but my, her name is Dana, and you guys probably know her. And my oldest son, Cale, he's here, and, and uh, my other two are back at the house, but... Um, appreciate them being here. They are uh, my fan club. Dana is the, the founding member of the fan club and the only member, I think, but <laughs> anyway. Um, I told her I was going to call her up on stage today and said, don't you dare. I'm just, I would never do that to you. Well, uh, let me tell you something funny. I, I, I like to tell jokes, and, and if you've ever heard me speak, you're aware of this. Bart probably knows all about this, but he's heard me yak a time or two, but This old rancher shows up at church one snowy Sunday morning, and he's the only one there. And the pastor just looks at him and says, Well, I guess it's just me and you. We might as well just cancel church today and we'll just go home. And the rancher says, You know, pastor, when I'm out feeding my cows and only one shows up, I still feed her. And the pastor says, Well, that's a good point. We'll have a seat. I'll go ahead and deliver the message. So he sits down. The pastor gives this great, awesome sermon Just fiery, full of passion. An hour and a half later, he finally gets done. And uh, they're shaking hands at the end of the service. And the pastor said, well, how was that? Only one showed up, but you still got fed. And the rancher said, yeah, but when I'm out feeding and only one cow shows up, I don't dump the whole load. (laughs) All right. So I'll try not to dump the whole load today. All right. Well, if you guys will allow me, I want to read quite a bit of scripture this morning. I want to talk about Jesus when he walked on the water. Now, this is a very familiar passage to all of us. If you've been within five miles of a church, you've heard this story. Uh, But I want to take some time and I want to read each of the gospel accounts of this same story. And and we'll pull truths from each one of them here as we get going. But I want to start in Matthew Matthew chapter 14. Let's read Matthew's account of when Jesus walks on the water. Now, a little bit of background here. This is where Jesus has just fed the 5,000. This is a miraculous thing that happened. We're all familiar with that story. And this is towards the evening of that same day. And this is kind of where we're going to pick up reading. This is Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Um, yeah, you can stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this. And I'll, I'll try to be quick. It says immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And after he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Uh, But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. I want to stop reading right there in this gospel account and, and let's flip over into Mark and let's read his version of the same story. Mark chapter 6. Y'all bear with me as we read all of this. Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 45. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. To Bethsaida, While he himself was sending the crowd away, after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land, seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and intended to pass them by. But when he saw them walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost, and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified, but immediately he spoke with them and said, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished. One more, flip over to John with me, John chapter 6. I know we're doing a lot of reading here, but each, each one of these gospel accounts gives us a little bit different insight, and I want to get it all. John chapter 6, verse 15. John chapter 6, verse 15. So Jesus, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, and after getting into the boat, they started to cross the sea to Capernaum, and it had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come. The sea began to be stirred up because the wind was strong and was blowing. Then when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said, It is I, do not be afraid. So they were willing to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. I love that story. Let's pray before we get into this. God, we just thank you for your incorruptible seed, your word. God, we know that it's your truth that sets us free. And God, we just thank you for the anointing that's here, the anointing to teach, the anointing to preach, the anointing to share the gospel. Father, and I ask you to open every heart and every mind here, Father, we'd be receptive to your Holy Spirit and your word today, and we give you all the praise and the glory for what shall be done here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here we have... Uh, this wonderful miracle Jesus does and, and like I say we're familiar with this passage and, and we were studying this in our Sunday school group last week actually and, and this really boy just done something in my heart I, I, I saw myself so much in in these verses and I found this to be an awesome way to study the Bible is put yourself into it how would I respond in that situation what would I do if this was me what would I say or what would I do? And make this personal. It, it, it's so easy that we hear so much theory and we hear so much concepts and we have this in our mind that, oh yeah, that, that was great for those disciples. But what about me? I need something I can use. So as I study the word of God, I, I always try to get something I can use. I'm, I'm just a, a practical kind of guy that way. And, and so as, as we were studying this in our Sunday school group, Um, I taught along these very similar lines that I'm doing this morning I just saw myself there I I could see God I'm exactly like these guys this is exactly relevant to my life today this isn't just a story that's 2,000 years old this is relevant to me And, and so take the word like that learn to study the word if you get a chance put yourself into it it just makes all the difference makes all the difference in the world we have the disciples, and I, I was imagining, what would it be like? Now, here they've just witnessed a miracle. They saw Jesus feed, it says 5,000 men, not counting women and children, so maybe 10,000, who knows, with a boy's sack lunch. I mean, a notable miracle. This is awesome. These guys have been with Jesus for a while, and now all of a sudden Jesus says, hey, I'm going to send the crowds away. You guys get in the boat and go across the lake. Now, to me, that's a red flag. Okay, Jesus, what's going on here? We're not really ever without you. Where are you going? How are you going to get across the lake? Jesus don't own a yacht, okay? At this point, he does not have a boat of his own. Um, We have no indication of that in Scripture. So I, I can see the disciples having a lot of questions at this point. How are you going to get across there? How are we going to meet? Where are we going? What are we going to do when we get there? and then another question i could think they would have was these guys a lot of these guys were fishermen not all of them but a lot of them were they were familiar with this water they know when it's a good time to sail and when it's not and yet to their credit they go they go without jesus not knowing not knowing what's going to happen and where they're going and so They begin to row, and the Bible says, we read in one of the accounts, that the wind was contrary. In other words, the wind is blowing in the opposite direction. They need to be going. Now, they can't fire up the outboard and just take off, and it doesn't matter. You know, they're rowing, and they're rowing, and they're rowing, and they're rowing, and they're rowing. A two-hour trip, what would be ordinarily a two- or three-hour trip, what they were going to do, you know, they wind up being eight hours or so it says the fourth watch of the night. So we're talking 3 to 6 o'clock in the morning. And one of the accounts we read said they were halfway across. Now, to their credit, they're still rowing. Now, that's amazing to me. I- imagine those guys fighting this all night. They did. They started in the evening. they got to be tired. They've been with Jesus all day. They haven't slept. They help serve all the food. Ministry can take it out of you. And here Jesus is up on the mountain taking a nap with the Father and they're out rowing in the middle of who knows where in pitch black. Think about that. Think about that. And so they have all these questions, or I would anyway, all this doubt. Jesus, what are you thinking? Jesus, how is this going to work? I don't know where I'm going. Jesus, I need some answers. And to their credit, they keep rowing. You know, I find this true in my own life so many times. I, I just get into those places where I can't see where I'm going. I can't see how far it is till I get there. I don't know how long the journey's going to take. I don't know where this is going. And there's times I can't even see Jesus. I know you've been there. You know, men in general, sometimes men have not so glorious jobs. I have one of those. I'm a carpenter. Just kind of what my family's always done. And, and, and being a carpenter is not always fun. i got to be honest with you. It's not the most glorious job. Okay, It's really not. You think, oh, that'd be wow. You just fix up your house any way you want it and it doesn't matter. It's not. It's hard work. It's hard work. And, and men tend to be this way. They, they often have to do jobs that aren't the most glorious. They're not the most fun. Anybody in here relate to that? Am I the only one? You just do it because I got bills to pay. I got a family to feed. I can't quit. I got to keep rowing. I don't know where this is going, but it's taken a long time for me to get there. Anybody relate to this? But we keep rowing. We keep rowing. Jesus, this is taking too long. I wanted to retire 10 years ago, but this is taking too long. Is that how the disciples felt right in the middle of this? dark black water there's no lights on this boat they might have a lantern but they don't have LEDs it's dark they're battling they're struggling but they're doing what Jesus said to do this is awesome to me they keep rowing in the middle of the night with no assurance that this is going to work they keep rowing that would have been so easy just to stop And I I can't say that I, I would be like these guys and kept rowing. I might have quit. They could have quit paddling the boat and the wind would have took them right back to shore. Now think about this. They could have said, you know, Jesus is back on the shore. We know he's over there. This isn't working. We've been trying this for so long. Let's just go back to shore and see what Jesus is doing. This isn't working. It would have been really easy to quit. It would have been really easy to quit. And there are times in our lives where it would be so easy to quit and God has laid stuff on each one of your hearts and you've been working at this for a while and it'd be so easy to quit. You know, I'm not the world's most dynamic preacher. I I realize that. But I've been at this game for quite a while. I've been actively pursuing God since the moment I was born again. Now, don't get me wrong, I've done some stupid stuff. But... My relationship with God had been so awesome to me and so important to me. And God began to deal with my heart about being a speaker. And I'm about three steps back was okay, God, you got the wrong dude here. This ain't me. See, naturally, this are my own natural abilities. I'm an introvert. I do not like to be in front of the crowds. I do not like public speaking. I don't like being the center of attention. I don't have a lot of fancy personality or, or, you know, fancy English. I just don't have those things. I don't have the qualifications that you need to be on this stage and be effective. I just don't. I wasn't born that way. And I know some of you got amazing talents. Some of you are born with it. Everything you touch just works. People just love you. I wasn't one of those guys. I'm perfectly content with being on the back row... And nobody bothered me. That's my natural inclinations. I don't need to be up here. I'm not up here for glory. I'm not up here to honor Matt. I really ain't. My flesh just runs backwards every single time I do this. Every single time. i was sitting right there in the pew this morning singing praises to God and thinking, what am I doing here? I'll be honest with you. That's my flesh. That's my flesh. And it'd be so easy for me to quit. It would be so easy when when a pastor calls and said, Hey, can you fill in for me Sunday? I'd say, No, I can't be there. Thank you, though. That would be so easy to quit. But you know what? By faith, I started trusting God, saying, God, you called me into this. You knew what you was getting when you called me. And you know what? Learning to trust is a whole lot nicer than me trying. And it's been a journey. It's been a process in me. Bart's been through some of this process with me in our former church. He knows. He's probably thinking, Matt, you hadn't got any better. But uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I have. But it would have been so easy to quit. It would have been so easy to stop rowing because I can't see this where this is going. I don't know what the finished product is. I don't even know if I can see Jesus on the other side. But all I know is he said, Go. Guys, I, I got to tell you this morning, keep rowing. Each one of you have got purpose. You're not here by accident. God's got a plan for you. If you're taking oxygen on this planet, God's got a plan. And I'll be honest with you, it's not always fun. And it's definitely not always easy. But there's rewards coming. There's rewards coming. Now look what happened to these guys. Look what happened to these guys on the water. They had to row a while. They had to start the ball rolling, didn't they? They had to be obedient first. And then Jesus came. It didn't, he didn't start out with them in the boat. That would have been nice. Just Jesus, you come with us in the boat. We've read other stories before where they got into a storm. Jesus was in the boat napping. He just calmed the sea, no problem. But this time they're by themselves. They had to start rowing first. They had to take that step of faith and say, Okay, Jesus, we trust you. And we're going to do what you told us to do. We don't care how long it's going to take. And I don't know the finished product. And I don't even know what I'm going to do when I get there. But I trust you. They had to start rowing first. And then the miracle came. And I found this true in my own life. Over and over and over and over again. Every time I get up on stage and I start preaching, I have to start rowing. And it's hard. And sometimes my flesh is shaky, my voice starts crackling, and I don't want to be here, but I start rowing. And you know what? The Holy Spirit always manages to work this out. And if you'll sit long enough under my teaching, you'll be a different person. And I take zero credit for that. Zero. Because I know what I've got to offer. But I've learned to trust the anointing. I've learned to trust God's plan. I've learned to trust his purposes. Now, believe me, I have not got all this figured out. I'm learning this as I go. But each one of you have a purpose. And, and if your purposes in your heart, or if your dreams in your heart are something you can accomplish on your own, you've missed God. Now, all of you are looking, at me. what are you saying? If your dreams are so small that you already have the plan on how you can accomplish it, you've missed God's best. I can assure you, God's best for you is going to be beyond what you can do on your own. And it doesn't mean you're a pastor, or a preacher, or a missionary, but something, somewhere in your life, God's got a purpose, and it will be bigger than you. It'll be bigger than your natural abilities. It'll be bigger than what you could even dare dream possible for you. And if you haven't got that vision in your heart, you have missed God. I know some of you are staring at me like a cow at a new gate, but I'm telling you the truth. God puts those things in our heart. And when you capture that, and you think, wow, God, you got the wrong guy. That's how you know. So I want to ask you guys this morning, what has God been telling you to do? Uh, You know, it starts out simple. I teach Sunday school class. I've taught Sunday school class for a long time. And I had to row in doing that before I could ever be here. But I had to start somewhere. What's God telling you to do? It's probably something small, something little. But it's that act of obedience. It's that first dip of the paddle in the water. That first stroke. And you may have to do it over and over and over and over, trying to get where God wants you to be. But God's got a plan. You notice what happened to these disciples? The miracle followed the obedience, not the other way around. It would be so easy to follow Jesus if he could just do miracles every day in our lives and we just enjoy the aftermath. That'd be awesome. Amen, sign me up for that. But it didn't happen like that for these guys. They had to start first. They had to be obedient first. And Jesus met them out in the middle of their mess. He met them out in the middle of their uncertainty. He met them out in the middle of their struggle. Right on the very thing that was hindering them, here he comes. I love that. But they had to row first. They had to leave the shore first, not knowing what would happen. Guys, it's so easy to stay on the shore. It's so easy to be comfortable in our own little worlds and get in that place where this is my zone, this is my spot, I know what tomorrow's going to be. It's so easy to be there. It's nice. We're never uncomfortable. We're never scared. And usually we're never there with God in his his entirety anyway. God's purposes are awesome. And he wants his power to work through you. And here's the cool part about it. God needs us. He's almighty God. He's powerful. He's supernatural. We'd all agree on that. But he's chosen to use his body on this earth to carry out his work. And every one of us have a part in that. You may be a business owner. You may be a doctor, a school teacher, a stay-at-home mom. But you have a purpose in God's plan. You have a a part to play. But you got to get in the boat. you got to be willing to take that risk and say, Jesus, I don't know where you're taking me. This does not make sense to me at all. But at your word, I'll go. I tell you what, it's the funnest thing in the world when Jesus finally meets you in the middle of the water and you say, Wow, I see what you're doing. That's awesome. Your life will never be the same. But you've got to get in the boat. You're going to have to row for a while. And some of you men, you've been rowing for years and you think, This is taking too long. I wanted to retire 10 years ago. I've been rowing for a while and I'm tired. We need to get to that place where we just stop trying. And start trusting. You know, we read in John's account there that the disciples, as soon as Jesus got in the boat, it says they were in the middle of the lake, but as soon as Jesus got in the boat, it says immediately they were at the land on the other side. That always amazed me. Not only was he walking on water, and then the winds got calm, but as soon as he got in the boat, they were immediately translated across the lake several miles the Sea of Galilee is a pretty good-sized body of water. The widest point's 13 miles. We don't know how many miles it was, but several miles. Instantly, instantly, he moved them from the struggle they were having to the place where he wanted them to be. But they had to start rowing first. And it's so awesome. And you think, guys, I've been rowing... For a long time, I don't seem to make any headway. I've been working the same job for years and years. I'm tired of it. And God can do one in one day what you couldn't do in a lifetime. But you're going to have to start trusting and stop trying. These guys stopped rowing, and they were immediately at the land. That's just so awesome to me. That encourages me. I just keep rowing. I just keep my head down saying, Thank you, God, for another day I get to row. Because today might be the day. And if it's not, I'll keep rowing tomorrow. Because God's got a purpose. He's not surprised by any of this. He knows when we're tired. He knows when we're ready to quit. He is awesome. He is faithful. But we've got to get in the boat. Please don't be comfortable sitting on the shore. It would have been so nice to run up with the mountain with Jesus as he's praying that would have been really comfortable to me. I don't want to be in the boat. Jesus, you're not there. Jesus, I don't want to stand on the platform and preach. What do I have to offer these people? That would have been really nice to not have to put myself out there like that. But you know what? Jesus met me. And the more I do this, the more I love it. And I get to this place where I am so fulfilled in this. The very thing I thought I couldn't do. The very thing I thought was crazy. God, you got the wrong guy. And after I be up here for a little while, man, it is just awesome. I get so excited. It blesses me. And and you know what? Jesus met me right in the water. But I had to row for a while. And I don't even know from this point forward where we're going. I, I really don't know. I wish I could tell you how God's going to have me do this and this and this and this, but I don't know. The disciples didn't know. They were in the dark. They didn't have no clue. Jesus made it happen, didn't he? Because they started rowing. They weren't content with sitting on the shore. That's just awesome to me. I I hope you guys are getting this, but anyway, that's been a little bit of my story. Um, And so I want to encourage you today. This is not to condemn anybody. You guys are probably awesome and doing everything God wants you to do, but more than likely in a crowd this size, there's a few that's got that something on the inside, and then, God, I know you want me to do this, but this is scary. They're going to think I'm crazy. I'm unqualified. Come on now, somebody in here. I know. And all the God's asking that one little step of faith, and I trust you. I don't understand the process, but I'm trusting you. And, and sometimes it is a process. But it's in that process that we learn to deal with the promise. I wish I had time. We could get into the, the uh, prodigal son. I love that story, and I relate to this all the time in our Sunday school class. That young man, y'all remember the story? He wanted his inheritance early, didn't he? Before his dad died, he said, Dad, give me my part, I'm out. And he took it and squandered it, and we know the story, and he comes back home all broken and broke down and out of money and starving to death. What happened there? He wanted the promise without the process. In the process of him staying there if he would have stayed there and worked with his daddy would have learned the integrity it took to manage all of that but all he wanted was the promise i just want the good stuff i don't want the process the process hurts the process takes time the process looks like me rowing in a boat all the time i just want the promise i just want the finished product but it doesn't work that way because in the process is where you learn to manage the promise And if you skip that part, you're going to fall flat on your face. Been there, done that. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the rowing. And I know it's hard, and I know it's scary. But in that process, you become a better version of you. God supernaturally starts changing things in your character, changing things in your ability, changing things in your expectations, changing the way you see things. And when he can get his picture in your heart you'll be a different person but it is a process and I wish it happened overnight I wish it was easy but it's worth it it's so awesome and I can stand here today boldly and confidently not scared at all to be in front of you God done a work in me but it's been a process I want to encourage you today let God have his way in you. let God do His process in you. Some of you will be starting for the very first time today. You've never even thought about this. You're just trying to make ends meet and pay the bills and raise the kids in a manner that they don't need therapy later. And I'm just trying to get there. I'm just trying to do my best. I'm just trying to make it work. Stop trying. Start trusting. God, what do you have for me? What can I do? Put your vision in my heart. Put your process to begin working in my life. Change me. This isn't a dress rehearsal. We get one shot at this thing called life. God, start your process in me. Some of you are well on your way. You're farther than I am. I commend you for that. You're a a light to the rest of us still out here rowing. But this applies to everybody. I, I guarantee you there's people in this room that are in a process right now, and you think, God, I don't know where this is going. I can't even see you working. Trust God. It's awesome. It's going to work. And you'll be different. You'll be stronger. You'll be better. You'll be a vessel God can really pour His Spirit out through. That's awesome. Amen or oh me. Thank you guys for listening to me today. I don't know. I think it's about time for us to get out of here. Cause I can talk for I could dump the whole load, but I'm not going to. This is just the tip of the iceberg in this lesson, um, but it's awesome. And let God have His way in you. Yeah, That's not just songs that we sing. We sing that a while ago. God draw me close to You. All I offer to You, God, is my heart. If You really, really mean that, buckle up, Dorothy. You're going for a ride. Okay. And it's awesome it's a little scary at times but it's awesome I encourage you to do so anyway I guess we'll have uh, we got music or some of you guys are going to be singing later on or whatever here come on up here guy I don't want to be in your way but I uh if anybody needs to talk about anything want to pray about anything you can come down here and talk to me you can contact me on Facebook whatever you don't have to make this thing public this is between you and God but Start the process today if you haven't. I don't care if you're on the verge of retirement; doesn't matter. Colonel Sanders was well into his 60s before he started cooking chicken. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't let don't use that age excuse. That doesn't work. Anyway, I better shut up. I'll, I'll just keep on talking. But thank you guys so much. I'll be down here in front. If anybody needs prayer for something. If you don't know Jesus, today's the day he can start a process in you that will change you from now through eternity. And today's the day. So anyway, go ahead, sir. Thank you.